This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information, and to find out how you can volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Michael Shook. TheBerry.blogspot.com The Country of the Pointed Furs by Sarah Orne Jewett Chapter 9 William Mrs. Todd had taken the onion out of her basket and laid it down upon the kitchen table. "'There's Johnny Bowden. Come with us, you know,' she reminded her mother. "'He'll be hungry enough to eat his size.' "'I've got new doughnuts, dear,' said the little old lady. "'You don't often catch William and me out of provisions. "'I expect you might have chose a somewhat larger fish, but I'll try and make it do. "'I shall have to have a few extra potatoes, but there's a field full out there, "'and the hose leaning against the well-house in amongst the climbing beans.' She smiled and gave her daughter a commanding nod. "'Land sakes alive! Let's blow the horn for William,' insisted Mrs. Todd, with some excitement. "'We needn't break his spirit so far as to come in. He'll know you need him for something particular, and then we can call to him as he comes up the path. I won't put him to no pain.' Mrs. Blackett's old face, for the first time, wore a look of trouble, and I found it necessary to counteract the teasing spirit of Almira. It was too pleasant to stay indoors altogether, even in such rewarding companionship. Besides, I might meet William, and, straying out presently, I found the hoe by the well-house, and an old splint basket at the woodshed door, and also found my way down to the field, where there was a great square patch of rough, weedy potato-tops and tall ragweed, one corner was already dug, and I chose a fat-looking hill where the tops were well withered. There is all the pleasure that one can have in gold-digging, in finding one's hopes satisfied in the riches of a good hill of potatoes. I longed to go on, but it did not seem frugal to dig any longer after my basket was full, and at last I took my hoe by the middle and lifted the basket to go back up the hill. I was sure that Mrs. Blackett must be waiting impatiently to slice the potatoes into the chowder, layer after layer, with the fish. "'You let me take hold of that basket, ma'am,' said the pleasant, anxious voice behind me. I turned, startled in the silence of the wide field, and saw an elderly man, bent in the shoulders as fishermen often are, gray-headed and clean-shaven, and with a timid air. It was William. He looked just like his mother— and I had been imagining that he was large and stout like his sister, Elmira Todd, and, strange to say, my fancy had led me to picture him not far from thirty and a little loutish. It was necessary instead to pay William the respect due to age. I accustomed myself to plain facts on the instant, and we said good morning like old friends. The basket was really heavy, and I put the hoe through its handle and offered him one end, then we moved easily toward the house together, speaking of the fine weather and of mackerel, which were reported to be striking in all about the bay. William had been out since three o'clock, and had taken an extra fare of fish. I could feel that Mrs. Todd's eyes were upon us as we approached the house, and although I fell behind in the narrow path, and let William take the basket alone, and proceed me at some little distance the rest of the way, I could plainly hear her greet him. "'Got round to coming in, didn't you?' she inquired, with amusement. "'Well, now that's clever. 
didn't know as I should see you today, William, and I wanted to settle an account. I felt somewhat disturbed and responsible, but when I joined them, they were on most simple and friendly terms. It became evident that with William, it was the first step that cost, and that, having once joined in social interests, he was able to pursue them with more or less pleasure. He was about sixty, and not young-looking for his years, yet so undying in the spirit of youth and bashfulness has such a power of survival that I felt all the time as if one must try to make the occasion easy for someone who was young and new to the affairs of social life. He asked politely if I would like to go up to the great ledge while dinner was getting ready. So, not without a deep sense of pleasure and a delighted look of surprise from the two hostesses, we started, William and I, as if both of us felt much younger than we looked. Such was the innocence and simplicity of the moment that when I heard Mrs. Todd laughing behind us in the kitchen, I laughed too, but William did not even blush. I think he was a little deaf, and he stepped along before me, most businesslike and intent upon his errand. We went from the upper edge of the field above the house into a smooth brown path among the dark spruces. The hot sun brought out the fragrance of the pitchy bark, and the shade was pleasant as we climbed the hill. William stopped once or twice to show me a great wasp's nest close by, or some fishhawk's nest below in a bit of swamp. He picked a few sprigs of late-blooming Linnea as we came out upon an open bit of pasture at the top of the island, and gave them to me without speaking. But he knew as well as I that one could not say half he wished about Linnea. Through this piece of rough pasture ran a huge shape of stone, like the great backbone of an enormous creature. At the end, near the woods, we could climb up on it and walk along the, to the highest point. There, above the circle of pointed firs, we could look down over all the island and could see the ocean that circled this and a hundred other bits of island ground, the mainland shore, and all the far horizons. It gave a sudden sense of space, for nothing stopped the eye or hedged one in. That sense of liberty and space and time which great prospects always give. There ain't no such view in the world, I expect, said William proudly, and I hastened to speak my heartfelt tribute of praise. It was impossible not to feel as if an untraveled boy had spoken, and yet one loved to have him value his native heath. End of chapter 9, recorded by Michael Shook, 28 January 2006, theberry.blogspot.com.